Lord. And we just pray, God, that you'll continue. Pour out your spirit upon us. Lord, even as we are entering into the word now, that our eyes, our hearts, Lord, would just be so anointed to receive all that you have set apart for us. Lord, we want to leave today knowing, being able to declare it, God, that it was great to be here and we heard from the mouth, the lips of God. We love you, Lord. We commit again our hearts. Lord, we commit these eyes as we look at your word and our ears as we listen to your word. May it burn in our hearts this morning. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and everyone said together, amen. 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 Thank you. Okay, you're wondering, all right, where is he going? I've had a glorious week. You guys, any of you guys have a glorious week? It was just like over the top for me. I mean, just, just uh, being able to recuperate from that crazy vacation I went on. No, it was fun. But um, I had a lot of time. I was reading a lot and was talking to Joe a lot, my pastor, and just praying for what's happening in Texas, praying what's you know, happening around here. And I don't know, I was just in a good spot. And, you know, um, early, um, early, actually when it was during while I was away, I just turned around to Irma. I said, Irma, I'm not going to teach numbers. You know, I, I just feel like God wants me to do something a little different. And so what we're going to do, gang, is we're going to follow the, the life of Jesus from the very beginning. Well, how long is that going to take? I don't know. You know why, God? Listen, have have you ever heard someone say, "Hey, you really don't know them because you don't know their background"? If you understood where they came from, if you understood their background, you would really understand, you know, who you're friends with, or maybe who you're getting acquainted. If you know their background, see, a lot of times, a lot of us are misunderstood because they really don't know our background, you know. And I think. I think God's misunderstood. Jesus is misunderstood. For, because, for most part, the Christianum isn't taught the word. It's not. A lot of topical stuff. And there's nothing. Please, somebody said Harry's against topicals. I'm not. I try them once in a while. I just stink at it. Topical to me is like an evangelistic thing or it's something that'll give me enough where I can just get, you know, um, um, like a vitamin. You know what I mean? But to be taught the word of God, when you're taught the word of God, you learn every aspect about God. You learn everything about Jesus. You learn everything about the Holy Spirit. I know when it came to me, I, I was in Salt Lake City and I was going around, and then Irm and I started walking through the city at night. The architect is unbelievable. To see the, the Mormon cathedral is just breathtaking. To go into where they just practice their choir, unbelievable. And I, and I, I just can't, I, I can't get my mind wrapped around how nice these people are, how great everything looks. And yet when it comes to the supremacy of Jesus, who he is, they're clueless. 
And the reason is, is they don't know. They just don't know. They don't know the background of Jesus where they refuse to want to know it. Turn with me uh, to John chapter 1. Gospel of John chapter 1. Who is Jesus? Where do we start, right? If you wanted to know me, you know, uh, you would have to go back to 1182 Red Bank Avenue. That's where I started. You know, well, may know Riverside, New Jersey for five years. And then there, you would, you would have to know that whole background. And the, my surroundings, actually, you know. Um, my education. And if you really wanted to know me. My, t- my, my goal is that we would grow in knowledge of who he is. Because when we know who he is then our love for him will only grow deeper. Listen, Christian, the more you get to know somebody, the deeper you fall in love with them, don't you? I know there's that love on sight kind of thing, but really, that's what I love marriages. I lead these two kids in the biggest lie they're ever making, you know, for better, for worse, yes. Rich or poor, yeah, you sure? Yeah, yes, I don't care. I'll live in a, I'll live in a poverty. I'll live in poverty. You know, all right. Better for worse, absolutely. Rich or poor, yes. Sickness and health, yes. I love him. And then, Harry, can I have an appointment with you? Our marriage isn't really working. Well, I tried to tell you this guy was a bum. You know. And my goal, taking you through the life of Christ in a chronological order, is so that you'll grow deeper in love with him and you'll realize that there isn't anything he won't do for you. There's not a prayer that he won't answer. How do we know that? Because we know who he is. Follow with me. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Oh, the the light shineth in darkness. The darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. The world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own. Some say the Jews, others say humanity. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him to them... Gave he power, the right, the authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. The world, the, the word was made 
um, flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now John bared witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, grace for grace, for grace for grace. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. In the beginning... Now, listen, guys. To be acquainted with anyone, to be acquainted with God, John lays a foundation for us. And it's an it's important foundation. Without a foundation, we know that any house built on that, without one, it just will crumble and it will fall apart. But this foundation... Here in John chapter 1, the first 18 verses, is a foundation not only for us to build upon, but it's God himself that will use this foundation to build the reality of Christ. Where he was, where he came from, who he is, why, why. Foundational truths. You know, we need to know more about him than just his miracles or even his teachings, lessons he taught. And why am I saying that? Because it is like a hiccup for a lot of people. They get caught up on just miracles. And when you ask them about their knowledge of Christ, if for some reason just surround centers around miracles. And then you ask those that are more into the eschatologies of things and the theologies and all the ideologies, you go to ask them about their knowledge of Christ, and it all centers around the intellect. Now, it's much more. There's much more about him that we need to understand if we're going to follow Christ through this journey. The first five verses gives us the description of who and what Jesus was before his incarnation, before he was ever birthed in Bethlehem. It tells us in the very first verse that he was eternal. If you look again at verse 1, it tells us that in the beginning was the word, the logos. The word was with God and the word was God. It tells us that he was eternal, that before creation, he existed with the Father as someone who was eternal. And what that means, there was no beginning to him and there's no end to him. Now, if you follow the ideologies of, say, the Mormonism or, or the Jehovah's Witness or the, the Baha'i faith or even um, the Koran, they have Jesus as a created being. But according to this text, he always was. No beginning to him. He's always been there. 
You know, you and I, we began our existence at birth. That's what, that's the Jehovah's Witnesses. They want Jesus to have it. A point in time. Mormonism, a point in time. The Muslims, a point in time. He's a prophet. He's a brother of Lucifer. He's like all kinds of weird stuff out there. But according to John chapter 1, that in the beginning, he, al- he already was. John chapter 8, if you guys want to flip with me, you might, we might have time to do this. John chapter 8. Jesus made a statement to the religious leaders, caught them off guard. The reactions to what he said speaks probably louder than theology. Chapter 8, starting with verse 53, Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Whom makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father, God, that honoreth me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, But I know him. If I should say I know him not, I shall be, wow, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him. I keep his saying, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it. He was glad. Then the Jews said unto him, thou art yet uh, not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? They're mocking him. Jesus said this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. He didn't say before Abraham I existed. No, no, when you look at, he's making a declaration. Before Abraham was, God existed. He's calling himself God. I existed because I was God. They understood that. Why? Look at the reaction in verse 59. They took up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them. And so he paint. But Jesus himself confirms his existence. You know, in, um, in his great priestly prayer in John chapter 17, where he prayed this. And this is John 17, 5. Just write it down. Now, Father... Glorify thou me with, the, with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world begun. Glorify me with the glory that I once had. And I'll touch on that in a second. The glory that I once had when I was with you. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Not only did Jesus confirm his existence in eternity, so did Paul when he wrote to the church in Colossae. Chapter 1, verse 14, Colossians. If you get a little mixed up with with, um, Galatians, Ephesians, just think of God ate popcorn. That's the acronym for those books right there. That's how I remember the books of the Bible, right? God hates pipes. So, never mind. I thought that was kind of cute. But 
But notice Colossians chapter 1 verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Even the forgiveness of sin. Who is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven. That are in the earth. Visible, invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And before, and he is before all things and by him all things consist. He says, he is the head of the body, the church who is the, be, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in all things he might have preeminence for it, please notice, highlight it, it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. Every bit of God in Christ. So, according to this, Jesus had no beginning and that he was eternal. Number two, there's I think five things I pulled out here. Number two. If you'll notice in verse 1 and verse 2, he uses that word with. That in the beginning was the word and the word was with. Please circle that in your Bible. The word was uh, was God and in the the same in the beginning was. Again, there's that word with. You can circle that again. That word with there means face to face. So not only is God in the eternal, but that he had a relationship with God Almighty. Where, who the, what, do you believe in God? That's the world's question, right? Do you believe in God? Well, sure, I believe in God. That this one who existed in the eternal, known as the Word of God, had a relationship with God Almighty. And that relationship wasn't at a distance. No, it was face to face. In fact, sometimes when you study it in your Greek translation, it's rendered, now listen, it's rendered as having intimacy. They were close. This word, who according to John 1.14, became flesh to dwell with us. That word had a relationship with God Almighty, where they were face to face. How long? All through eternity. No beginning and no end. There was a relationship with these two. They shared eternity. And here's, now this is humbling to me. This makes me sit back and I'm at awe. They were willing to sacrifice that. There are some things in our lives that we would say, I would sacrifice that for a greater good. There's some things I will not ever sacrifice. I know that. I'm human for a greater good. I don't know if I could. I could never sacrifice my kids for a greater good or my wife for a greater good. But God so loved the world that he was willing to sacrifice this closeness with the word for us. That's the one we're starting to study. That's the one we're beginning in eternity. Face to face. There's two things that haunt me sometimes when I hear it. And not haunts me, but it humbles me. It holds me at all. 
was that earth, that priestly prayer where he said, God, I, would you glorify me with the glory I once had? I can't imagine that sacrifice. God loves us so much, he would step aside from glory. Glorify me again, God. No wonder he's crying this prayer out. When he, when he was hanging on the cross, another thing, where he says, Eli, Eli, lama shabachthani. Yeah, you know, you've been around here long enough to know what that means. My God, my God, why have, why have you forsaken me? This is another thing that the word had to experience for us, a total separation. Not only separation, the Greek it renders, why did you turn your back from me? Complete silence, no word from God. The last thing he heard from God was in his earthly prayer when he said, glorify me, and he says, I have glorified you, and I will glorify you again. That was the last time he heard from his father, speaking of the cross. Face to face, willing to give it all up. Step out of eternity into this muck. Leaving his father because he wants us to experience salvation. It is humbling, isn't it, when you realize that truth. Number three, he was divine. Yeah, he was in the eternal, he existed. He had a relationship with the Creator. Yeah, that'll be a contradiction in a minute. But he was also divine. He was God. The Bible teaches us that God was one, but manifested in three. You know, it's, it's almost like having a perfect unity, which this is a far cry from correct theology. Because when you say unity, you're bringing certain pieces together, but there is no pieces with God. You can't even say God and the Son and the Holy Spirit had perfect unity. Well, they were a unit. They weren't, there was no unity to it. Now, isn't that mind-blowing? Or am I only the ex-burnout from the 60s? I mean, that freaks me out sometimes. It's true. He exists as one, but he has three different per- identities. It's not, again, I know you've heard this, one plus one plus one equals three. But it's one times, one times, one time. It's multiplication. It's just one. Paul, the apostle, had to talk to Timothy. And I can imagine Paul and the relationship that Paul and Timothy had were like father and son. Where he would say to him in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, without controversy. That's in, in our vernacular, he would stop arguing with me, Timothy. He says, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Here's the mystery. He said, God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and raised up into glory. That is a mystery. That the fullness of God would dwell in Christ. That he was divine, fully God, fully man. 
You remember Isaiah. Even the prophet would say Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. You know it. It's a Christmas song. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful and Counselor. A mighty God. The everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. Not only does Paul tell Timothy this. The prophet proclaims that he is God. And John chapter 10, where the, 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 um, the, the religious leaders, they come to Jesus in John 10 and they said, look, we've had it with you. Will you please tell us plainly? So he goes, okay, I and the Father are one. Well, they asked. Yeah, I and the Father, we're just one, not two. They took up stones to kill him. Jesus answered, well, look, many good works have I showed you from the Father. Which, of one, which one of these good works do you stone me for? Here's their answers. Uh, for good works we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, because thou being just a man, you've made yourself out to be God. So not only does Paul, but Jesus himself declares to be divine. I and the Father are one. And if that doesn't top it, Hebrews chapter 1, listen to this. This is what the author, the writer of Hebrews says. But unto the Son, God, but unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness, you have hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed, anointed thee with oil, the oil of gladness above all fellows. The Lord in the, uh, in the beginning has laid the foundations of the earth, the heavens and the earth. It was God himself who called the Son God. So not only do you have the apostle calling him God, not only do you have Jesus calling himself God, but now you have God calling the Son God. Jesus is divine. That's why we are criticized and somewhat mocked when we tell the world there's only one way. There can only be one way. Why, Harry? Mere man could not have died on the cross. If you follow through all the Old Testament, everything pointed to the lamb that would take away the sins of the world. John, as he's baptizing, here comes Jesus down into the riverbank. And they're going, oh man, behold the lamb of God that will take away the sins of the world. Everybody stopped dead in their tracks. They knew that he was referring to a Passover lamb, a perfect lamb it would take our sins away. Imagine that day. The clouds start to bellow, bellow and voice, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. I and the Father are one. Jesus said it. You're stoning me because I am God. Crazy. Not only did God declared, but one of my favorite stories in that whole account is where they come up to Thomas. And they go, Tom, Jesus, our Lord, he, he's, he's risen from the dead. I'm not going to believe. I know you know the story, but bear with me. 
I'm not going to believe. Unless I put my finger through the, the nail print in his wrist and I can thrust my hand up under his rib cage, you're, you're not going to convince me, man. That was a man that died on the cross and I saw him die eight days later. Eight days. Boop. There's Jesus standing there. I'd have died of a heart attack. But Thomas, he stays in there. And Jesus walks up to him. I love this. Doesn't address Peter. Hey, Peter. Hey, He walks directly up to the one who doubts. And says, hey, buddy. Is that what you need? Go ahead. I can just see this one-on-one thing with him. If that's what it's going to take, no problem. Put your finger there. And you know, Thomas is just... You want to thrust your hand? Look, the wound is still there. Go ahead. Thomas says something so profound, and yet it's just a few words. He drops to his knees. Read the account. And he cries, my Lord and my God. Theos, God. Hebrew man would never call any mere man God unless he was God. The other indicator is Jesus didn't refute it. He didn't say, oh, get up. Remember the angels? No, don't worship me, man. I've been created. Don't worship me. But when Jesus received worship as being the creator and God, he received it. For in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So he's eternal. He had a relationship with God. He's divine. Number four. He's the creator. Jesus made it. He was there. We see that in the scriptures where it says that uh, he was in the beginning and all things were made by him and without him. Not anything um, made that was made. It also tells us in Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. If you write that down, it says, For by him all things... Created are all things created that are in heaven, that are earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, things create, um, things were created by him and for him. And then again in Hebrews, please write these down. Hebrews chapter one, God, who at sundry times and divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets has said in these last days, spoken to, uh, unto us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and by whom also he made the worlds. Worlds? Like there's more than one? Of course there is. Planet-wise. Universe. You know, you wonder if God is this... I don't know who knows what God looks like. I don't know. If you want to know who God looks like, you look at Jesus. If you want to know what he sounds like, you listen to Jesus. He, he is the, the image of the invisible God. There he is. But what is God himself like? I don't know. We'll see one day. We'll see. So when it tells us in the Psalms... Now, wait, my head's going crazy here. But when it tells us in the Psalms that he spanned it out the galaxy by the what? The tips of his fingers. Who was that? Sounds like Jesus to me. That he was in the beginning, from the very beginning, when God said, let us make man in our image. That's plural, folks. Let us make man in our image. It's more than one. 
There's one, but it's expressed in three identities. I'm going to close this up quick, guys, so we have a chance just to pray together. But not only is he the creator. And by the way, this is something I read. Jesus could not have been created because he could not have been the creator. Creation cannot create a creator. And everybody's going, uh, he has to exist to create. I'm not trying to play with words, but when I thought about that, I said, yeah, he can't be created because God made creation and never mind. Number five. He is the source of life, and that life becomes light. He is light. We know that from the scriptures. But where does that light come from? It comes from life. First um, John uh, chapter 1, he says, That which was from the beginning, which we heard, and which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled the word of life. For the life was manifest and we've seen it, we bear witness, we showed unto you the eternal life which was with the Father and manifested unto us. Again, back in John chapter 1, where it says in verse 4, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in darkness, but the darkness comprehended it not. Uh, you and I, have all, we've heard of the term, you know, he has seen the light. No, he has experienced life, and therefore light exists. That's why you can, you can, a person can say they are a believer, they are born again. Oh, no, not born again, but they can say they believe in God, but without life, they can never see clearly. To have Christ in your life, meaning he is our life, there's, you should not be in the darkness. I love what it said in verse 14. The reason for all this, the reason that he was eternal, that he, he came from God, divine, the creator, the giver of life and light. The reason why, I mean, okay, because he loved us, he wanted to give us salvation. Well, there was more, there's more than that. And this is the final note. is because he wants us to have more than just a head knowledge or even... Just just a, a knowledge of our salvation. He wants us to behold it. Look at verse 14 of John. The, world, the word was made flesh, dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of Father, full of grace and full of truth. It's through him and only him that you and I can experience grace and truth. You know, I've never been to heaven. Anybody been there? Don't, never mind. Somebody will raise that. I've never been there. I can only tell you what the scriptures say about heaven. The more I study about heaven, almost every memorial or funeral service I do, I grow in love with Jesus and I long for home. I long for heaven. I want to go. 
But we have no idea. We have no idea the glory that Jesus once held. We can read this and we can say amen to verse 14. That now that we understand that is eternal. That this eternal one had a relationship with God Almighty. That he was divine. He was the creator and he was the giver of life and light. And now we behold that glory. We start to long for home. That's where Jesus began and that's where we're going one day. I think of the prophet, you know, when he said this. And in the year the King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and sitting upon his throne. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With two they covered their face. With two they covered their feet. And with two they did fly. One cried to another saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. The, the post of the doors moved at the voice of him that cried. Can you imagine that? That the Lamb, the Son of God, the Divine One, the Eternal One, the Creator, says something and the doorposts in heaven rattle. That's where we're going. It said that, The doorpost moved at his voice of him that cried. The house was filled with smoke. And then when when Isaiah finally understood what was happening, it was most likely a vision. He goes, well, woe unto me, for I have become undone. I'm unglued. I can't handle this. The only thing he could say, and it sounded too, I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people that have unclean lips. What am I doing here? There wasn't anything about talking flowers or walking on a cloud. And he said, I can't, all I can tell you is, man, I felt undone when I saw that. And that was a vision. That was a vision of something God allowed the prophet Isaiah to see. Crazy, isn't it? Well, Paul, the apostle, he has a vision. Second Corinthians, I believe, chapter 12, he has a vision. And in his vision, he's been taken to the third heaven. Now, a lot of people don't understand this. After his vision was over, he couldn't talk about it for 14 years. It wasn't until 14 years later where he would start to say, well, listen, I, and I'll read this to you. He says, it's not expedient for me to doubtless the glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ. Speaking of himself, he wouldn't even say it was him. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Whether I was in the body, I cannot tell. Whether I was out of the body, I cannot tell. Well, God knows such a one was caught up to the third heavens. That's That's where the throne of God is, folks. He says this, I knew a man, uh, and he says it again, I knew a, such a man. Whether I was in the body, I don't know. Out of the body, I cannot tell. Only God knows how that he was caught up to paradise and he heard unspeakable words, which is, it is not lawful for a man to even utter. In other words, it would be a crime. It took me 14 years even to get the boldness to tell you I, see, I saw it. There's not a human word that can describe this glory. Isaiah said, man, I heard him speak and the door, the doorpost rattled. John, when he, when he saw the, the throne of God and he held the title deed to the earth, he says, I fell down like I was dead. That's where he came from. Our Savior came from that. He was eternal. He was divine. He is the creator. 
And he was willing to sacrifice all that so we could behold his glory. The glory of the only begotten, the Son of God. Rich, you can make your way out. Listen, I started studying that, and by the time, the end of the week, I just, I am so in love with him. I'm at all. I'm at all. I can't believe that he even lets me breathe. I can't believe he would even let me say the name of Jesus. But by his grace, his love for us. No wonder the gospel is the power and the salvation. Look, guys. I have to be honest with you. A lot of soul searching this week. My own personal life. I had to get back to something. Between me and the Lord, it's just a love relationship. I had to get back here again. So easy to fall into a routine, isn't it? So easy to fall out of love. You know, I've seen married people fall out of love together. I've seen destruction. I've seen divorce because they just simply don't love each other. The Bible says something about like in the last days, that same spirit would happen. There'd be a lack of love. Lack of love for one another, a lack of love for the world that they would come to know him. Lost loved ones. You know, I'm going to challenge us today. If you're here today and you've got to get back to that spot or that place that you can say, without a doubt, I love him. There's nothing on earth I want more. To walk with this eternal one. To walk with this divine one. This creator who loves me. I want to get back to him. I want to hear his voice. Would you lower your heads for me a second? This is family stuff. We're a body. We're a family. And I just need to ask you as your pastor, your friend, spiritual papa, you you want to just get closer to Jesus today. I just want you to raise your hand and then lower it again. Yeah, where I was. I want you to stand up right now. You raised your hand. Stand up. Stand up. Come on. I'm standing. I'm with you. South Jersey, would you? Okay, the rest of you, I want you to get behind them. I want you to lay hands on them. I want you to pray over them as we sing this next song. Come on, reach out to them. Throw hands on them. If you're standing next to someone that stood, grab their hand. Let's pray together. Commit your heart to him. Tell him, man, you're the eternal one. I embrace you. I love you. I want more of you. Let's just take five minutes and do that.